0: Hello, mother truckers! Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by our partners at OVOU Smart Card. Now, for those who don't know, it is COVID, and you don't want to be giving out those physical business cards. I mean, you can get various diseases, you can contract stuff that you don't want. So, why not have one business card that's able to share that information with a whole bunch of other people? So, what OVOU Smart Card does is that you can t- get one card, tap it onto the back of a person's phone then boom, all of your information is uploaded onto that person's phone. It's very quick, seamless, and it gives a good lasting impression. So I've partnered up with them to give my listeners a discount off the card. All you gotta do is go to ovou, that's U.com and enter the discount code Joe10, that's J-O-E-10, to get $10 off the card. Link is in the show notes below. Also brought to you by one of our other partners is bottom board leadership training. Now, this is led by Gordon Newell, IFC leadership coach, veteran. I've talked to this guy on the podcast multiple times, and he is the real deal. He knows what he's doing. I've sat with him multiple times before, and I can personally say that he has a wealth of knowledge that would definitely help you out in your business ventures and even in just in your personal life and whatever you need to get through. So I've partnered up with them to give my listeners an opportunity for them to improve themselves all I gotta do is go to bonborn.com and enter the discount code EARNIT that's E-A-R-N-I-T to get yourself a free online workshop link is in the description below once again that's bonborn.com and enter the discount code E-A-R-N-I-T EARNIT to get yourself a free online workshop Just a quick disclosure here, um, this is just the opinions of one person here, like I said, do your own research when it comes to financial literacy and your own money. This is just the opinions of one person. Like I said, do your own research and enjoy the episode. So for those who don't know, I mean, just based on the, t- on the conversation we're going to have right now, it is very informal conversation. So we're going to go through a very a variety of different things that a lot of first-time investors or a lot of people who don't know a lot of financial literacy will definitely gain a lot from this talk. However, I will say that the next time we do this conversation um, will be much more nuanced in the studio. We'll have various PowerPoints, descriptions, and more or less instructions on how one can get started and where one can get that information from.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I really want to, want to emphasize like this is uh like you said our first conversation um in the next hour or so we're going to go over like the basics like types of accounts um how you should think about investing um and overall it's just you know just a conversation to get to get the conversation started but um i really want to make this useful for whoever's listening to the podcast and I want to give you guys in the future, some ideas and some options that you could use yourself if you want to invest and kind of like be sure about what you're doing.
0: Already, man. Victor, it's been a hot minute, man. So last time I was speaking to you, you were all the way on the other side of the fucking country, man. You're in Montreal.
1: Yeah, man. <laughs>
0: it's got to see you back home, but you know, cause of, you know, COVID and stuff like that, I can't. We can't see people outside your family, so fortunately, we got to do it through Zoom. So, no, it's, despite it being virtual, it's good to see you again.
1: Yeah, I man, same here. Mm-hmm. It is what it is on um, COVID time. You know?
0: Yeah, and the reason why I want to talk to you is because, especially during COVID, um, a lot of us have kind of been researching in terms of how to manage your money, different types of accounts, investments, and a lot of us just don't know where to start because, number one, maybe the information is just overwhelming. Or number two, we're just too lazy to look, so we might as well find some sort of place where we can streamline that information.
1: Right. Yeah. 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 What I find is most people, um, they're just busy doing something else. They have their jobs, um, whatever it is, that they're, or they're studying, and they don't have time to actually you know sit down and do mm-hmm. like find out how to do this. Um, so they would just you know go into a bank, talk to an advisor, say I want to invest, and they, they would just put you into a mutual fund or whatever it is that they get their commission for and tell you to, you know, they make you fill out a form with 10 questions and then tell you to forget about it and that's it. That's what, that's how most people do it.
0: Yeah. So essentially they put a good portion of their money into this mutual fund. And they kind of just let it sit there for X amount of years, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Okay. The problem that I'm seeing right now is that a lot of these mutual funds kind of have the same... Uh, holdings, the same companies. Mm-hmm. So if you were to go into RBC or BMO or TD, and you would look at the funds, you can actually do this exercise yourself. You go to all the branches and tell an advisor to show you the name of the fund. Okay, and then all of these funds have holdings, have companies like between I don't know thirty to fifty depends, yeah. but they all hold the the big names, that big tech companies, Amazon, Google, Facebook. And then uh, some other stuff, but basically everyone is, or a lot of people are in the same thing. And just by definition, that's not good. Okay. Um, Because if everyone's doing the same thing, there's uh, less of a chance to generate alpha, which is, you know, to generate outsized gains because everyone's doing the same thing.
0: Okay. So what do you mean by that though? What do you mean by alpha though or outsized gains?
1: So, the average return um, for the S&P 500, which is the largest 500 companies in the United States, mm-hmm. is, what, between 10%, yeah, I think 10% for the 10%. last, let's say, 20 years? 10%. Let's yeah. just say it's 10%. So, alpha would be anything above that. So, if I'm managing a, a fund, a yeah. portfolio and I make 12%, my alpha would be 2%. So it's the spread between, let's say, a normal market return and whatever else I make on top of that. So there's a comp- there's a page, for example, that's called Seeking Alpha. I don't know if you've heard about it.
0: No, I haven't. Seeking so, Alpha.
1: Seeking Alpha is like the Model full, maybe.
0: Okay. No. So, um, yeah, explain that
1: part. Yeah, these are... Um, kind of like services and web pages that have a lot of information on investing. And um, they help people like you and me learn a little bit more about investing. Seeking Alpha is one of them, and then um, Modely Fool are like the two best known or the most well-known out there. Um, But one of them is called Seeking Alpha. So Seeking Alpha is seeking the excess return on top of the markets we're trying to beat Okay. The return of the market,
0: mm-hmm. which
1: has been around ten percent for okay. those five hundred largest companies.
0: Mm-hmm. So the issue with the mutual fund is that it's kind of hard to beat the market in that way because everyone's kind of investing in the same companies, is that it?
1: Yeah, which is called indexing.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? You've probably heard that term. And um, again what we hear in the media is that indexing well indexing has beat active portfolio management in the last decade. And Warren Buffett came out a few years ago. Uh, Warren Buffett, one of the greatest investors of all time, value investor. And he said, he made a bet with a bunch of active managers. And he was like, "Um, I'm going to bet you X amount of money that passive management, so index or buying the S&P through an ETF or a mutual fund would outperform from 2010 to 2020, which it did. Yeah. So right now, From 2010 to 2020, a lot of people, you know, it it was true. So people did that. And that's what people have been doing for the last decade. So that's what they're used to. So they've created that habit. Problem is, is that when everyone does the same thing, then there's not a possibility to generate alpha because everyone's doing the same thing. Everyone's money is in the same thing. And what we're seeing now is that a lot of these companies, yes, they're great. Amazon's great. Apple's great. Google's great. Facebook's great. Netflix, NVIDIA, they're all great companies. But they're big. So the market cap, and market cap is like how big a company is. For Apple is 1.7 trillion dollars. You know that's a million times a million. Yeah, times 0.7 million. It's a lot, I think. Well, it's just a lot. So yeah. the room to grow, like how many phones do you want to sell? How many services can you sell? It's not Apple most likely is not going to double or triple anytime soon.
0: Okay. So you talk about, you know, most people do essentially, they put their money into a mutual fund. So what type of other investments, accounts, can someone do then? Like what other options are there? Because going to the big, you know, the big four banks or big five banks in Canada and putting that money there.
1: Right. Um, the thing is, well, other options would be to invest with, um, with a portfolio manager, with an independent advisor. Like You have your own advisor that's not at the bank. If you could go to Canaccord, for example. They have independent advisors, and there there's smaller, like boutique investment shops that kind of do different things. There's hedge funds, blah blah blah. The problem is though, that to invest with these kind of people, you needed to have a certain amount of money saved up. Usually, it's around 50k. Why? Because 50k is just about enough that you can make, um, that you could actually. Um, build a portfolio and play with it and start investing and you don't pay a lot in commissions below that. It's very difficult to create a a good looking portfolio because well, if we just some easy numbers, right? 50 K 10 companies, that's 5 K in each company. And let's say every company, if one or two companies actually doubles. Yeah. Well, you only made like 5 K more on each one of those companies, right? And there's a lot of risk to only have 10 companies in in, in your portfolio. So the more money you have, the more you can spread your money across Mm -hmm. different companies, the more you can diversify, and the more you can benefit from compounding. But returning to your question, in terms of what other options do people have, um, if you're below that 50K threshold, there's not that many options that, that you have um, I mean, there are some other types of funds that are not indexed to the S&P or the Nasdaq that are more focused on certain strategies, and you can find those at the bank too. The problem is that the bankers are not going to offer them because they don't get commissions for those. Mm-hmm. Those are reserved for other, for like the more sophisticated investor. So okay. when you go to the bank and someone like, like. Um, Like you and me five years ago, who didn't know anything about finance, um, would just go to a bank be like, hey, I want to invest. And they would show you, again, they would show you the thing, and there's like five in there. And that's all they tell you, and that's all you know, so that's where they put you. Now, for me personally, the way that I found to invest my own money, I've been doing it since 2016, is to find my own information, do my own research, do my own job. And it's taking a lot of time up until now to find really good companies. And not everyone has, you know, the capacity or the time or the energy to do that or the financial knowledge to do that. I have a bachelor's in finance and econ, so it's easier for me. Um, So then how do we go around all that?
0: Yeah, exactly. Because it seems like there isn't a lot of options for someone who doesn't have... The fifty thousand dollars saved up. I mean, I guess one option is put into a TFSA and just sit it, like let let it kind of grow that way, right? Or put into like a personal account, Maybe go through something like well, Simple or something like an Edward Jones and find you know find like you know someone who's going to look after that money for you. But outside of the mm-hmm. fifty thousand dollars savings, it doesn't seem there's not much option for someone who doesn't have the time to research these uh, set
1: companies. No, um, actually, what I'm trying to do like I'm going to start my own stuff but that's for the future.
0: Fucking um, hell, man. There you go. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and we're you're doing fucking, this. Like I, fucking I have, do it, man. Okay. Yeah, I have my own like Google sheets of the investment that I've accumulated for um the many years that I've been investing and it's open source. Like I just put them there and anyone can, you know, if you have 1k, you can buy one of those companies and hold them long term. My view is How I invest is I think five years from now, will that company grow? And then I've looked at over like, what, 500 companies? Mm -hmm. So I've chosen my top 30.
0: Okay. Are they mostly
1: US companies or are they? Yes. Okay. They're US listed companies. So they're listed in a US exchange like the NASDAQ or the New York Stock Exchange. Mm -hmm. But their businesses are like the businesses are worldwide. Oh, I see what you mean. It just so happens that they're listed there because it's the most liquid market. It's where people go to buy and sell stuff. So the U.S. is
0: kind of the U.S. market is kind of like where you want to be, right? Yeah, okay.
1: yeah. The U.S. market. Other markets, I guess there's there's a Chinese market, but I mean, who knows what's happening out there? The media tells you something. Their media tells you something. Like there's different types of risks. Um, so if if you want to start investing, definitely the the U.S. market is the pl- best place to be. That's mm-hmm. where the most innovation is, happens as well. Speaking of innovation, um, ETFs,
0: mm-hmm.
1: ARC ETFs, I don't know if you've heard about them. Dude, the,
0: I have my money in, in there, there,
1: man. You <laughs> your money in there? <laughs> yeah. Okay, ARC ETFs are probably, like, they're the, the best of the bunch, yeah, that I've seen other ETFs, other mutual funds. I look at them; they're not very good. Like Kathy Woods, she she's smart, she knows what she's doing. Although the Genomics ETF, not so sure. I think it's pretty overvalued. They're issuing shares, and uh, I'm not too sure that that's going to go anywhere anytime soon. But Ark K or yeah. Ark W have some really good companies in there, really good companies. So if you only have like a K or two K. Uh, or 5k mm-hmm. how i would invest my money right now is in one of those funds but i wouldn't put it all in at once because right okay. now it's all time high mm-hmm. so that's something that's called cost averaging you put let's so say you have 4k put a 1k now you put a 1k you know it goes up a little bit you put another k there and then it drops put another k there and then you're like averaging your um your cost Yeah. and you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So if you put your, four, your full 4K now and then tomorrow it crashes, well, you started at, you started at a bad place. Yeah. So by doing that, you can reduce your risk and you know, like reduce the volatility as you invest. So cost averaging is something really, really, really important, which basically is just patience,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, not getting greedy, and really going against normal human psychology that I remember is you want to buy when it's high because it's going up. That's when you want to buy. And then if it goes down, you want to, you want to sell. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's, it's the complete opposite. If you know those companies are good and that in 10 years they are going to be there and they're going to grow, you should be buying them when they're at the lows. When COVID hit and everything crashed, that's when you buy. It doesn't matter whether there's, why they went down they're still great companies the business is intact so you want to take advantage of every every low
0: you know you brought that up man because people who invested in airlines man yeah. especially with the Pfizer announcement yeah they're fucking loving it right now man they're they, loving it yeah they're yeah. loving it
1: yeah yeah I was in Air Canada and then they reported Fuck, and okay. I I yeah. made that 20% on like 1000 I think yeah okay and then I sold it oh okay okay yeah, th- that was like what they reported earnings on November 9th. Yeah. Right? November and November. then, I yeah, November 9th, I listened to the conference call, and basically, they were like, well, flights are not really going so well right now. There's, you know, you got a quarantine for two weeks after you go, so no one really wants to travel, and then blah, 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 blah. blah, mm-hmm. blah. And I was like, this is not going anywhere. Now they announced a vaccine, and cinema stocks went up. Yeah. Airlines. Cruises, hotels—they all skyrocketed. Why? That's something called a short squeeze. So many people were short, shorting the stocks. Okay. So they were betting against the stock. They were betting that the stock price would go down. Mm-hmm. That when the vex- the vaccine was announced and it goes up just a little bit, what happens is these shorts—they need to cover their positions. And how do they cover their positions? Is by buying stock. Yeah. And that buying pushes stock prices up and then investors that don't really know what they're doing they're called momentum investors oh i see they just buy because it's going up and then it even goes up even further so what you should expect in these kind of stocks is to kind of like slow down like just go down in the mm-hmm. following few weeks um slowly and you know they shouldn't go anywhere maybe a few will but in general they they won't and I guess in time, we'll know if I'm right or not, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess, I guess We'll see. But yeah, I, I actually I actually do agree with you, man. Yeah? Yeah,
1: yeah. They're going to... Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Air Canada, long term, I think is going to survive. Yeah. Uh, they just bought Air Transat. Oh, okay. I know that. Yeah, yeah. Because Air Transat just... They can't do business. Oh, so, so they, they bought Air Transat. Okay. Yeah, they're becoming one company. Mm-hmm. And... Um, they, they'll they survive. The government is not going to let them down. Long term, you're fine. But I just think there's going to be better buying opportunities. And now, if you really want to get into Canada, again, cost average. Buy one quarter of your investment now. Yeah. If you really want to, then wait a month. Buy a little bit more. Wait another month. Buy a little bit more. And then, you know, because right now there's a lot of uncertainty in the US. The Biden-Trump thing, yeah. crazy. Yeah,
0: because right? from, from what I can tell, I mean... Usually, when a Republican takes, you know, the presidency, usually stock prices go down, like s- historically yeah. speaking. But when yes. when, a, when, a, when something a Biden comes along, then prices usually go up, historically yeah. speaking.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, this this stock market this year has been insane, completely crazy. Yeah, it's whack, completely crazy. Um, but those are the details that I don't think are going to be very useful for the, the people listening to this right now. Yeah, I really want to make it useful. Mm-hmm. Um, so. How do we do that? Maybe we can talk about For sure. So l- let's
0: let's let's avoid this. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's say that I pay six let's say I pay eight hundred bucks worth of rent. I gotta live, you know, and I make about twenty four hundred dollars a month. Mm-hmm. What can someone like me do? Let's say all specs, all expenses come in and we're looking at maybe about seventeen hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. So I have about let's say I have about a thousand dollars to spend. So mm-hmm. what can someone like that do? In terms of how
1: to grow their money and how to invest, okay. Mm-hmm. Probably the best thing you can do, um, let's just go to the beginning. So, the first thing you should do that everyone should do is know their income. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then they should know their fixed costs, like you said rent, food, um, subscriptions, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> right. Debt, car, insurance and and so on mm-hmm. i'm just looking at at some notes and then once you have your uh your, your your fixed expenses you want to reduce them from your income that's called disposable income yeah which is what you were talking about for you it was like a thousand You think you said mm-hmm. from there then you have variable costs like no one wants to live or very few people want to live you know, like tied down, investing every dollar. You want to go out, maybe you can't right now, but you want to go out, you want to take that extra, uh, deliver that pizza delivery, you know, twice a month, whatever it is. So you leave a little bit of room for that. Then let's say out of 1,000, is no longer a 1,000, it's 800. Okay, what do you do? Right now, market is crazy. Yeah. So if I'm talking to someone right now and say, take that 800, save it, just save it save it. Save it, 800, save it for now. Make it, you know, once it gets to four, like three, 2K, 3K, 4K, keep up with the markets. Whenever there's a 10% dip or more, put in your money. Okay, so
0: so you're basically saying as of right now, so instead of putting into some sort of high interest savings account or a TFSA or some sort of mutual fund, you yeah. want it just to kind of stick in your bank account for now,
1: right? Yeah, well, the thing with... um the TFSA yeah. is that if you put the money in a TFSA, um, like in a savings TFSA, because mm-hmm. you can have an investment TFSA. Yeah, Thomas Savings right? TFSA. Yeah. Um, then if you want to transfer it, I'm not sure if, like if you want to withdraw your money from a TFSA, you can't put it back in on the same year. You have to wait until next calendar year Yeah, to do that. But like, you can always transfer it. If you want some yield, for sure, put it in a HISA um, you can even invest it if you want, but if you really want to be opportunistic, um, you want to be you want it to be. The way I would do it: open a direct brokerage account, okay. have the money sit there. Oh, okay. If you want, some, if you want some interest, buy some. There's some uh, some dividend payer that's not going to go anywhere. Buy some store capital, for example, or buy some uh, something safe like a P and G. Okay, yeah. Or, right? And then, or it's like something that you know, or that someone, like you're 99% sure that it's just going to stay there or you're getting some dividend in the meantime. And then as soon as something happens, you have the liquidity, you're available to, you already have your account open, you already know where you want to put your money, your stocks, blah, blah. And then you can, on, the, on that very same day, you can go bam.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: shit happens all, all the time. Like, the star market this, this year has been so volatile. There's been so many good buying points Yeah, that, you know, like, there's a lot of opportunity. But if the money is stuck in another bank account or it's stuck somewhere else um, and you don't have that um, maneuverability, mm-hmm. then just whatever you do, ensure that you have that maneuver, maneuver, man- the maneuverability. maneuverability, right? Yes, that word. Yeah. Um, don't be stuck. If you okay. put your money in, in an RSP, it's stuck. If you put it in a GIC, it's stuck. So make sure that you have liquidity available for the inevitable dip, because things go up and then they go down. They go up and they go down.
0: Now I heard a lot of things about the RSP, though. You know, some people should say you should put money into the RSP. Some people say you shouldn't. Yeah. So what's kind of like? First of all, for those who don't even know what that is, like what is that, and is it something that you should be putting money into?
1: Yes, depends when and how. So I'm, uh, I'll go, I'll explain it. So, RSV, how it works is um, you put money in there and it reduces your income for the year. So, let's say you make 40K and you invest 5K in your RSP, you're only going to get taxed on 35K for the year. Now, if you make 100K um, and you put a 5K in your RSV, you'll be making 95K. The thing is that your RSP room accumulates over time, and the higher your tax bracket, the more money you can get back. How? Because out of, if you're making 40K a year, you're only getting, and you invest 5K, like your tax bracket is what, like
2: 20%? Yeah.
1: So you're only getting back 1K, from investing that 5k but if your tax bracket is at 100k it's like what 40 percent then like around there you're getting 2k back from the government okay is that is that clear or yeah no that makes sense or not so much that makes sense so really you want to be in what i'm trying to say is you want to be investing in rsp when you're at higher tax brackets because you're getting more money back from the government you don't really want to be investing in rsp before that just accumulate. Accumulate whatever room you have and save it for later. Okay. In the meantime, invest your money in a TFSA.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Invest your money in a normal investment account after you've maxed out your TFSA. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you want to take advantage of your RSV later. Later, mm-hmm. when you're making more money, when you're getting taxed more, so you're getting more money back from the government.
0: So how much, um, so, so what so would be like the income or would be the tax bracket that you'd recommend? For someone to put money in the RSP?
1: Well, that's subjective. Yeah. But when, when I went to, the, uh, to do the, my parents' taxes, my dad was making 100K. So what we did was in February, we took 20K out of, out of our line of credit mm-hmm. and we invested it in an RSP. So what happens there? He makes 100, right? He was supposed to get taxed, I don't know, let's just say 40% on, on that 100. That would have been 40K. But now we invested 20K in an RSP. Mm-hmm. His income is 80k. Okay. The tax bracket is no longer 40. It's less. And that 20k that was invested, it's at that higher tax bracket. So what we did, we took the money from a credit, invested it in, we got back, I don't know, like 13k, I think. Okay. The 20, it was 25. 25 actually. We invested 25k, we got back 13k. Okay. Just like that. If my dad didn't make a hundred, if he made sixty, it would have been seven k back from the twenty-five. If he made forty, it would have been, I don't know, five maybe or four. You nice. get how it works?
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah. Now, in terms of you said that the RSP basically locks your money in. So yeah, for someone who just know jack shit about this, like like what do you mean by
1: that, and yeah. what happens? I mean that if if you try to withdraw your money from an RSV before you're 71 in Canada, okay. in, in the States of 401k. If you try to withdraw the money, you're going to get taxed on the withdrawal date. Mm-hmm. And then it gets added to your income at the end of the year. So you get taxed twice. Okay. So your money's stuck. Mm-hmm. And you and I were young. We want to have, again, it's, we want to have that maneuverability. We want to have liquidity. We want to be able to take advantage of... Just having that flexibility, okay. So An RSP is really something that should be thought for, should be thought about in the future. Right. Right now, we can take a lot of risks. We can play an options, We can do a lot of crazy shit. You know?
0: Yeah. So, like, obviously, you know, as someone who's younger who can recuperate you know, that money over time, you'd basically suggest like not locking your money in, so not putting it into some sort of GIC account or RSP or something like that, and kind of just playing with a TFSA investment account or something of that sort, right?
1: Yeah. 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 A TFSA. And then a normal investment account okay. that gets taxed at year-end as part of your income. Okay. But again, if you only have 10k and you made, I don't know, 10% that year, mm-hmm. you're only adding 1k to your income. So, I don't know, if you and I were making 50k a year, well, instead of making 50k, you made 51k.
2: Yeah.
1: And then you get taxed out of, what, 25% on that extra 1k, it's 250. So, like, it's, it doesn't really make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Whereas your money would be locked in an RRSP. Yeah, you don't get taxed for it. If you're making 50K, yeah, you get a little bit back. But, okay. you know, like for me personally, having that flexibility of being able to take the money out in case something happens or if I want to do something else with it, I can. If, if it's in an RSP, I can. not I would get taxed twice if I do that. And then that's a huge, huge, huge hurt on, on, any invest, on your investment gains if any yeah if any if Instead, any. Like, you, you lost money and you want to take it out well that, that's a triple loss you know that's the loss you made plus hard, <laughs> plus, like that's not good that's not plus, that is like, ed- like yeah good yeah sorry so plus like who knows if i'm going to be alive when i'm 71 i'm like who like i want to be able to take my money out when i'm 50 when i'm 30 maybe or 40 or 50 and enjoy it and spend it or invest it or make a business do something with it mm-hmm. like i don't i'm not a fan of investing for a retirement okay which is what an rsp is mm-hmm. Just not a not a big fan for it i get it that it has its place right it has It's there for a reason mm-hmm. but for you and i we're 24 25 yeah tfsa and normal account all the Would way probably
0: there. suffice right yeah
1: all the yeah. way all the way
0: all the way yeah i mean for a young guy basically rsp is kind of like you know obviously when you're older so focus on a personal account and a tfsa okay so that's kind of good. so that's that's good now in terms of the mediums like what like do can we go to like a big bank or what would be like can we go like what type of private brokers can we go to what are the fees if there are any fees for like sure, let's say i have this sure. money like like okay now i know these two type of accounts like how or where do i go
1: okay so there's World Simple, mm-hmm. um, but I don't like World Simple because if you want to trade U.S. stocks, then um, there's not uh, uh, they, they just don't have it. So if you want to buy a U.S. stock, you have to do it with Canadian dollars, and then they eat you alive oh. in the exchange rate. Yeah. Just yeah, eat you alive. Oh, yeah. That's how they make money. Um, and it's the same thing for any other brokerage. So you have, for example, National Bank Direct Brokerage. That's mm-hmm. the one I use. Mm-hmm. You have... The Ameritrade, you would have a Quest Trade, um, you'd have, um, I don't know, there's some interactive brokers in these states, uh, and there's some more. So these are um, self directed investing, mm-hmm. or you could go to a bank, one of the big four, big five, invest your money through one of their mutual funds or one of their ETFs, or you can invest in our ETFs um so those those are kind of like the options okay um what i do i invest my own money
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah sorry i i think i lost your question then
0: no so like what's like so basically like where should we go to like invest because like have we have these two type of things yeah so you say basically the big banks or some sort of online medium like wealth simple right
1: yeah, uh, and you asked me about the fees too, right? Mm-hmm. So TD Ameritrade is expensive on the fees. They can charge $10 per commission. Fuck. Um, <laughs> yeah, crazy. And then uh, NBDB, which is National Bank Direct NB NBDB, the one I use, they charge me a dollar for my commissions. Um, but the reason for that is that I make more than 100 trades every three months. Okay. So they have a really cool fee structure that if mm-hmm. you make more than 100 trades every three months, you pay a dollar. Okay. It's good. If it's less than that, then it's six ninety five. And if you make only a few trades... yeah, it's crazy. If only a few trades and it's the same as C D nine ninety five. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> then some of them have fixed fees. So if you hold less than twenty K in your account, you would get charged between fifty to one hundred and fifty dollars a year. If you have more than twenty K in your and this is for M E D B. If you have mm-hmm. more than twenty K, then you don't get charged anything mm-hmm. for having for having it there, so self-directed is you don't get any advice. Yeah, you gotta get your advice on your own. Mm-hmm. But you save on first of all, you don't pay any manager fees. You don't pay mutual fund fees are like between one point five and up to three percent per year. Mm-hmm. They eat your life. Yeah,
0: because I know World Simple has like point five percent, and Edward Jones is around two point five percent.
1: Yeah. For yeah. mutual funds, right? Yeah, and then ARC is zero point ninety five percent. Yes, and then index ETFs. That's why. That's how they get people in. Okay. With index ETFs because the fees are so low, like zero point zero five percent. Right. That these I'm talking about um, S and P ETFs or or Nasdaq uh, one hundred ETFs and so on. Okay. Um, why? Because it's so easy to manage. You just you see it's, they're linked together. They go up when the market goes up. They go down when the market goes down. Okay. And you don't need to. As a client, you don't worry about anything. You don't pay a lot of fees. It's easy. It's simple. You understand it. You put your money there and that's it.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: But the very best, if you can find uh, some good information, which you can find through me and then through a bunch of other people, where to put in your money. Don't pay anyone fees. Invest your money on your own. Make it a hobby or something and do it on your own. You're saving fees, you would save um, it, it's also very easy to take your money in and out. But yeah. mostly it's about the fees. The two percent on mutual funds over time it compound it hurts a lot. Mm-hmm. That's why people like ETFs. Yeah. The problem with indexing is what I mentioned before. If everyone's doing the same thing, it's called herd investing. Mm-hmm. and it just it doesn't work okay especially now because of COVID everything's being reshuffled yeah okay everything's been like, reshuffled there's only a few there's only a handful of great companies out there that have great people that can work from home and they're keep their mental health while they're doing that because they're actually doing something that they like and they believe in the purpose of the company mm-hmm. one of the things Two they're they're not it's not an energy stock it's not like an oil stock that it's going nowhere so you want to think about how the the next 10 years is going to look like so you have a company like tesla which is i think overvalued right now but anyways so tesla or solar energy or you have the trade desk which does um connected tv programmatic advertising or you have the uh, invisalign company yeah invisalign stock Do- yeah, doctors are now yeah getting into the into that trend. So they reported recently it was went up, shot up like crazy. Um, you would have uh, I don't know, but just companies that you know, you look at it, you understand the business. Ten years from now, you know it's going to be there, and probably like Etsy, for example, or you Etsy great business model. Have you heard about Etsy? I've heard of Etsy, yeah. Yeah. For those that don't know, Etsy basically it's a marketplace that matches um, a person who is, you know, creating stuff and then they sell it and people want to buy it because it's something that you cannot find anywhere else. You can only find it on Etsy. Okay. So it's matching business creativity, creativity, human creativity with business through a marketplace. Mm-hmm. Awesome business model. Reported, great numbers. Uh, and their stock price of course. Shut up oh, as well.
0: Okay. So now, I guess we need to kind of clarify something for those who don't know is yeah. the degree of risk because there is obviously a degree of risk to this that maybe someone who is, someone might not be comfortable with.
1: For sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's, that's a tricky conversation mm-hmm. because in investing, let's see how many options you have. You have real estate. Yeah. Which you need a certain amount of capital to buy a place, especially yeah. in Vancouver. In other places, it might be different, but in Vancouver, it's expensive. And it's better if you save 20% of the mortgage because then you don't pay... You don't pay
0: um, you don't pay that insurance on top where you, where you
1: default and that would be extra, right? Yeah, it's insane. They eat your life there. So yeah. you want to be putting the 20% down.
0: Dude, I heard some so, horror stories.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, Fuck. it's fucked, man. It's fucked. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you're in a variable rate, Oh my God. Right now, if you're in a variable rate right now, it's good because interest rates are all time low. Yeah. yeah. For now, yeah. Um, but and that's a whole other conversation. Probably want to have a fixed rate right now. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say. Um, then, what, are, what other options do you have? You have bonds, uh, government bonds that yield, I don't know, 1% in Canada, 0.5% in the States. 10 years yielding 0.78, last time I checked, percent. Okay. Uh, then what else do you have? Preferred shares, not that many. Then you have stocks. when um, you have, what else can you invest? I don't know. That's pretty much the, the main. most well-known. The main, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Real estate, stocks, bonds. Just leave it at that. There is private equity, and there's a bunch of other stuff, but for you and I, it's not really useful. So stocks, bonds, uh, real estate. Okay. we talk about real estate, bonds. What's the problem with bonds? The problem with bonds right now is that uh, they're in a, they're in a fucking bubble. They're in a bubble, man. Oh, there's Bitcoin as well. We'll get oh, into Oh, but
0: it's crypto is like super volatile. Crypto. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's volatile, and we're talking about the risk. So for the people that don't like risk, well, bonds... Right now, they're yielding uh, very low yields. So yields move inversely. They're inversely related to price. Okay, so if yields that are, are at an all-time low, that means price is at an all-time high. And if yields are close to zero, then the, the, the price cannot go much higher. Yeah. Right, the risk is to the downside. The for bonds, um, another thing with bonds, the Fed is just printing money. Yeah, it's printing money and they're buying. Yeah, they're buying bonds. <laughs> and so it's like they, they have like seven trillion dollars in in there. So bonds, I don't, I don't, don't
0: fuck with that shit. Really right? That.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't fuck with that shit. So if you really don't want to lose money, probably like safe dividend. Paying companies are the best way to go. Mm-hmm. So something like a Clorox or like a PG or a Walmart or, or a Costco or you know, something that it's going to be there and it's not going to crash like a tech company, it's more volatile. So there are stocks that are less risky just by nature. Yeah. These are called um, consumer staples. The industry uh this sector is called consumer. Uh, consumer staples. Staples, yeah. Consumer staples. So these are very safe stocks that, you know, they, you get your yield. Blah, blah, blah. Um, that's where I would go if you're risk-averse. But you and I, um, we have the ability to take on more risk because we're young. Now, we may not have the willingness to take on a lot of risk. Everyone has their own reasons, but we have the ability, so we should. Why do we have the, the ability? Because we have time. Yeah, Time's our best friend. In, in investing time allows for compounding time allows for the market to go down and buy some more and you know eventually if you believe that the world is not going to end
0: then it'll go up that, over time right
1: yeah and that everyone's going to buy more stuff on etsy or that the people are going to move from braces to invisalign or that um linear tv is dying that streaming is booming right so things die so you want to want to take advantage of those trends um so yeah i mean there's going to be volatility but you and i were young we have time over the long term i say learn to put that aside learn to be okay with losing 10 percent of your portfolio on in a month be okay with that because you know because you know what you're invested in take that 10% 10% loss is an opportunity because the long-term business is still intact. It just so happens that COVID hits or that we find out that Biden cheated in the election and then stocks crash or we there's a war because uh, China wants to take Vietnam and then the U.S. doesn't want to allow that and then they go to war and stocks crash. Like Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. But over the long term, right, the world's still going to be there. There's trends that are happening, streaming, uh, healthcare is moving to it's economics. Good. Yeah. Yeah. There's AI. Uh, mm-hmm. There's uh, solar energy and so on. There's there are things that are happening. So okay. over the long term, that volatility, mm-hmm. that risk doesn't really, to me, it doesn't really matter. Okay. You shouldn't even be thinking about, about, uh, about the risk and the volatility. Everyone would tell you, you know, don't invest in stocks. Don't invest in there. It's dangerous. You're gonna lose your money. Media says it's always saying, oh, stock markets overvalued, everyone's printing money blah 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 blah. But it's just so that the rich keep getting richer and the poor, they don't really know. They just take whatever people tell them. They're not the experts, right? And when you hear people tell you is that it, you shouldn't really invest. Overall, the general message is you shouldn't really, you know.
0: It's, I, think, I, think the, I think you hit the nail on the head where it's the rich keep getting richer because of financial literacy and people don't know this type of stuff. It's not something that we're taught in school even if you get a degree in economics
1: <laughs> or business. It's It's fucked. Yeah. <laughs> and we know we yeah. were there right yeah. we have a degree in econ mining, and finance and like it was only up until i started investing on my own that i learned all this stuff yeah in in university none of that no. some people get exposure through programs through like through through like beam at sfu where you would manage you and i would manage the uh, the investments of the, the university mm-hmm. that's how you learn by doing you learn by doing yeah through a textbook
0: yeah so, it's not it's so we just don't know those things but yeah i i think yeah, that's one of the yeah. i think you hit the nail in the head where it talks about the financial literacy and how people do things differently which is why they have different results
1: yeah yeah and they always say like the smart money and the dumb money and that's what you hear out there well i mean if you're gonna let them call you dumb money i mean sure right or you can make a choice and and um start learning a, a little bit about this stuff, which is what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. And um, start thinking on, on your own
2: okay. a little
1: bit and discovering stuff. So um, what, what I would like to do is um, go over, uh, maybe in, in, in a future episode, go over um, the list of companies that I personally invest in um, and then talk about, why I think this is a good investment and how it would be a good investment for people like you and I who are like you know, 24, 25 or even yeah. 30, 35. Yeah. And which ones are the industries that are dying and which ones are the industries that are just emerging and that are going to be like the future. In 2010, we didn't know that the smartphone was going to be the thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now we know. A few people know, knew new they made a shit ton of money by investing in companies like NVIDIA or Qualcomm or uh, for, for computers, it would be AMD. Okay. Right. Made a shit ton of money. And you could have. You and I, we could have. Mm-hmm. So what is it now that is going to do to do that? How do we get... How do we understand that? Where do we get the information from? Yeah. That's the question is how do we know... How do I know as a complete newbie to investing that I'm going to put my money in there and that it makes sense for me. So how can, how can we do that for people?
2: Yeah. You
1: know, that, that's what I'm, I'm all about. That's what I want to do. I just want to be like, Hey, i was show, you know, show the whole thing, how it works. Yeah. Stop. You know, don't go to the bank. Bank is going to, no, no, no. Like it's understand finance and we can do this in a, in just like two or three episodes. It doesn't take, there's not, there's not a lot to it they make okay. it seem like there's a lot to it right? finance is hard is what they say mm-hmm. really or like people think i don't like numbers well, you hear that too yeah like bro, like it's you know, it's easy money if you know what you're doing it's it's you know, over the long term it's easy money okay so last question here
0: so yeah for so in terms of a breakdown in terms of someone's monthly budget, like how would you allocate that? Say if someone decides to say, you know what, man, I'm tired of, you know, I want to get into investing. I want to save some money, but I don't know ideally how much I should put down or how much mm-hmm. it should save, like how to allocate my budget or how to, do, how to do even create a budget. How would you, how would you kind of break it down?
1: Okay. So how to create a budget, yeah. open a Google Sheets document. Mm-hmm. Your income at the top, monthly, yeah, right? And then fixed expenses, mm-hmm. car, rent, whatever it is, fixed with their numbers, blah, blah, blah. Put a line there. And then minus your income, minus all your fixed expenses, that's your disposable income. And then variable, what do you like to do? You and I were different, so variable, right? And then at the bottom, you will have what's left after all, all of that.
0: I think the question comes down to how much of that variable should you take out of the disposable income.
1: Yes, and that's very subjective because some yeah. people they're just more prone to spending. Some mm-hmm. people are less prone to spending and you know everyone has their own reasons. I'm not gonna get into that. Um, but everyone should be investing because if you pick great companies, you have like twenty great companies, something happens, two or three flunk. It's still, uh, it's still, it's money. It's passive income. Over the long term, if you pick some great companies, you're gonna make money, and you don't have to stress about, it, you don't have to worry about it. It just grows and grows, and you put in more, more, more. If you start when you're 20, by the time you're 30 or 40, you take it out, and you know you're, you can actually, if you start when you're 20, by the time you're 30, pretty much guarantee that you can buy some real estate, mm-hmm. and then things get really interesting, because with real estate. You can you can do you some magic there.
0: Dude, guess what, man? I'm getting into that by the way. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Specifically Calgary, man. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Places I'm looking at, man. Places I'm looking at for about two twenty, two thirty. Places that are kind of, that are a bit older. So I'm gonna do that, maybe spend twenty K in renovations and just either rent it out to a family or sell it for a profit.
1: Awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. Real estate is um if you have the though. Should probably start there. Yeah,
0: dude. Because I live at home, man. So, no rent, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. So I'm, 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 pretty fucking psyched. So, like in the next, I think two years, I'm gonna, I'm gonna seriously start looking. Okay.
1: Yeah. yeah man. Yeah. yeah. So just to recap, I guess. Yeah. Recap that. Um, recap. Would be. I would say, open a direct, brokerage account. Yeah. You can do it through Wealthsimple. It's really easy just to get started and just see what's up Um, you don't pay any fees with Wealthsimple you pay nothing you can just open it and blah blah start investing when you're young as soon as you can you know make your budget know how much you're spending and if you're living at home like you and I that fixed one is really really small that variable is usually higher if it wasn't COVID times for me at least it would be a lot higher (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, yeah. And then, man, just take for me and you, and for people our age, it's very easy to put five hundred dollars aside every month. Very easy. Very, very easy. Oh yeah. You, right. I just feel like a lot of people don't understand the the importance of doing that, but that's another conversation. So do that. Put five hundred dollars aside. Put it in your account. TFSa in Canada. TFSa first in the U.S. It would be an IRA,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but let's stick to Canada. TFSa first, max it out. Don't go over your limit in the TFSa. So know your limit. If you don't know how it works, Google TFSa. Read the the the, the CRA page that explains about it. TFSa. Don't exceed your limit. Your limit because then there are penalties.
0: It's like six k. It's like six k uh, every year after you you're 18, right? I yeah, it varies right. around that. Yeah. It's
1: like Sometimes it's 5, sometimes it's 6, sometimes 5.5, but it's around there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, invest in a TFSA. If you're if it's maxed out, open a, a normal investment account if you're young. Mm-hmm. And if you really don't want to pay taxes, I guess you open an RSV. but you're only hurting yourself because you're taking money away from a future self that could be making more money that gets taxed more. And so but I already went over that. So open an account and then find someone or get a li- get a um, learn about what's happening in the world learn about the trends learn about all the things that are going to make the world a better place mm-hmm. and invest in that when the appropriate time comes if you don't know, most people don't know when the appropriate time is if you don't know when the appropriate time is, invest now and At 500 you invest in now and then the other 500 and the other every month every month so then if it goes up and down then it doesn't bother you as much Mm -hmm. and then then do that over time i guess the trickiest part for a lot of people would be where where do i put my money what is that company what is that industry how do i get my information without having to do like 100 pages of research how do i do that well we can talk about that uh I have a lot of information I can, talk, I can share with you guys um, where I get my information, how I process it, um, how I look at the news and how I play around that. Um, and then uh, I'll share with you the list of stocks that I own so then whoever is listening to this can just Google one of them. Heck, one of them is a trade desk. Great company. Google it. Listen to what the guy is saying. YouTube, the the CEO's name. Understand that linear TV is dying and that streaming is booming. Mm -hmm. And understand how marketing, advertising dollars for companies that want to sell their goods, they're going into these streaming platforms. And the trade desk is the one facilitating, triangulating these moves. And that's why they're making so much money. And that's why they're going to be winners. Additionally, their CEO is fucking amazing. He's a great guy. He's like, I want to create a win-win relationships for everyone. So I want the consumer to get relevant ads that don't piss them off. I want the advertisers to know how their ads are performing. Whereas like Google ads, they don't really know it, No one knows because they're walled gardens. We call them. No mm-hmm. one really knows. And they're monopolies. That's why they're getting regulated. Right? So win for the consumer, win for the advertiser, and win for them because they're they're. So it's a perfect triangle. I would say look for triangles out there. There's there's only a few. They're going to be start to to to. Uh, there's going to be more triangles that emerge, where a business. That's how I believe a business should work. Is everyone wins. If everyone wins, you're going up. If you're trying to cut people off or doing some sketchy shit, it, long term, long term, you you don't want to be invested in those companies. Yeah. So know where you're putting your money. TradeX for those that are listening. Um, if not, look at Enphase. Look at Align. Look at um, ticker IIPR. look at uh, ASML, Alibaba. Just for for China, Alibaba is great um store capital, green management there. Nari medical if you're into healthcare yeah. and so on and so on uh yeah. Cool. All right, man. You want Thank you so much for
0: coming on by the way, Victor. So it's, it's been about an hour by the way.
1: Shit. Yeah. That was, a, that, was, that was that was fast. <laughs> that was, that fast. was a
0: fast hour, man. And by the way, man, so next time I invite you in probably be at the studio, man.
1: Yeah, I would love that, man. Yeah. Love dead. that.
0: Cool. All right, man. You know what? Stay safe and talk to you soon, okay?